0: Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This week on Happy, Sad, Confused, Scarlett Johansson on being the biggest action star this side of the rock, and Colin O'Donoghue on Once Upon a Time and a new film, Harry Pilby. I'm Josh Horowitz reporting from our special office in Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: This hey, is crazy. Sammy.
0: We're uh hi guys, thanks for tuning in to the podcast this week. Um Sammy and I are uh, as I said, we're in Vegas.
2: Yeah, we're at we're at the blackjack table right now. No, we're not. Now.
0: That's not that's not true. We're in a hotel room. We are uh shooting lots of fun interviews with folks that you can mm. check out on MTV's YouTube page and MTV's Facebook page. Uh you should check it out because we've been having a good time. So really far, good. So good. Time. All of your best friends are here. <laughs> All my best friends. So this yeah. thing called CinemaCon is happening right now as we uh tape this in Las Vegas um where uh, all the big movie stars come out to talk about their upcoming movies uh, that are coming out in the next year. Um, so, I mean, already we've seen. Sort of like upfronts for movies. Yeah, yeah. So we just saw, we just came from an interview with Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis and Jessica Chastain. Chastainiac herself. Yeah. So. Um, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Yesterday we talked to Spider Man himself, Tom Holland. Yes. Uh, baby Driver, Ansel El- El- Elgort, Edgar Wright. John, John Ham. Hamm.
2: You guys, John Ham. Sammy was
0: moving. By I John was. Hamm. It was I, a moment.
2: I don't know what we've done to deserve John Hamm. I really don't. He was so uh, sweet. I, I. I. He was wonderful. He was everything you want him to be.
0: He really was. <laughs> and uh, after we finish taping this intro, we're going to go back and hopefully uh, reunite with um, Sammy's. Maybe his, I, her, next to Hugh Jackman. Next your to Hugh Jackman,
2: my number. He's. I don't want to even call him my number two because he's so high up on the list.
0: Right. Co-number one, join yeah. the rock Johnson.
2: Do you the rock Jay?
0: <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, what we're up to uh, this week. As I said, you can check out uh, fun interviews all over MTV's Facebook page and YouTube page. As for this week's show, uh, nothing to sneeze at either. Some cool guests this yeah. week. Uh, later on, we've got Colin O'Donohue who is uh, of course, Captain Hook on once upon a time. Uh, he is the second once upon a time cast member after Jennifer Morrison to join me on the show show um yeah and uh and he has a new film called carrie pilby this kind of uh coming of age independent flick that opens this friday in uh, select cinemas and also on vod i think a few days after so we'll talk about colin in a bit but first up on the podcast this week uh one of the biggest movie stars on the planet ever (laughs) like like ever in the history of the galaxy in the history of cinema (laughs) Uh, Scarlett Johansson so this is one of these uh, shorties uh, shorties
2: (laughs) (laughs) this is my shorty Scarlett
0: Johansson (laughs) my shorty Scarlett but it is it's a shorter interview it's like a little catch up with her but uh, super fun to do she has her new movie uh, Ghost in the Shell which is out this Friday
2: not Ghost of Rochelle as I first thought it was called what is wrong
0: with you did you really thought it was Ghost of Rochelle
2: when I first heard about this movie as a new Rochelle
0: or Rochelle like like
2: like people were saying oh you know she's ghost of Rochelle and I was like oh what's that and then it, it came together for me
0: you're fired <laughs> I, should <be. laughs> I should be ghost of the shell as uh, Sammy does not know is a very no, famous now I anime know. now I know okay don't argue with <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> it's a very famous anime, of course, that's been adapted into this ginormous big action movie um, that Scarlett uh, Johansson is the star of, and it's uh, it's really slick and cool and um, definitely worth seeing. I really enjoyed it. I, I frankly haven't seen the the source material. I mean, I know of it, um, but it's uh, it's 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 striking in, in just sort of like the scope of it. And she kicks a lot of ass as only Scarlett as can. she does. Yeah. So this is a fun conversation. I, I, I mean, she's great. She we talk about uh, Scarlett is a New Yorker. She grew up in the city, like my. Uh, so we kind of like geek out about uh, New Yorkie things. And you we- get
2: compared to her a lot, a don't lot. you? I,
0: I'm the male Scarlet Dance. yes Pretty much. <laughs> she really hates it when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we talk <laughs> a bunch about this kind of like new part of her career in these action films uh her work in the upcoming avengers infinity war yeah um, that little movie yeah exactly so uh, we actually hit upon a lot in a relatively uh, short uh a time frame uh and she's delightful so i'm very pleased to uh deliver this to you guys please enjoy this conversation with scarlett johansson and on the other side we'll uh we'll hit you up with a little colin o'donoghue action It's good to see you as always, Scarlett. You Scarlet. too. Happy uh, uh, Junket Day. We're catching you. So, if Scarlett's a little incoherent. I excuse it because <laughs> you've done how many four-minute interviews today? Oh,
1: gosh. I don't even know. I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been a lot. It's what, been a lot. What's the go And it's always, it's never like an easy question either. It's always some like esoteric. Well, you've got assistant. a heady
0: film. You went ahead and made a heady film, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, this is what happens. And now you're going to be
1: punished four <laughs> minutes in four-minute increments for days. Um, but I have to say, I get a lot of questions about my suit, um, yes. and how comfortable it was and how I get into it. And I'm like, did, did guys get this question? This like, fair. I don't really think you ever like look at Captain America and you're like, how much talcum powder is in your super suit? <laughs> I do.
0: It's distracting, actually, for me. It distracts.
1: Clouds of it that billow as he walks. Yeah.
0: Now I have you are going to talk to Chris about on in the next Avengers movie. <laughs> um, that being said, I feel like I was going to say because you do. I feel like you have the most skin-tight outfits of any human being, any actor on the planet of the last ten years well, of your films. Well, you know, I know
1: I, that's not true. I haven't. Uh, I, I haven't had my stint at the Cirque du Soleil yet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're definitely. Yeah, it's a it's a nude-colored. Um, <laughs> Silicone super suit. It's going that to be I in fashion
0: as. this year at, at Halloween.
1: I, you know, I would, I actually might just be on the runway. I wouldn't <laughs> put it past. You know Kanye or anyone? You, uh,
0: Kanye could make it work.
1: You probably would. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, are you looking forward to your potato sack uh, costume coming soon? <laughs> when am
1: I wearing that? When I play a Miss like, Potato Head? Oh, is, yeah. uh, <laughs> is she wearing a sack? No, I don't think so. I think she's pretty well. She's no, she's good proportions. Dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'll be playing. I don't know. It was like a ta- some kind of like member, like a, a groundling or something. Right. I don't know who was a potato sack. <laughs> right. When they but, do
0: uh, uh, what was the Wally? When Wally is done live action, <laughs> okay. remember that?
1: Yeah, I love that. Great. Good reference. <laughs> um, um,
0: so, okay, so you and I both grew up here in New York City. We're one of those those freaks of nature that actually, like, I feel like, I don't know about you, but when I talk to people and I say, like, I grew up in New York City, they they, they look like, at there's me. there's
1: children there. Exactly.
0: Like, you're not, like, a rabid animal. You can actually <laughs> form coherent sentences. You're not on meth. What's going on? Do you experience that? Do people look at you a little gassed?
1: Um, yeah, I guess so. I think people just can't wrap their head around what it was like to grow up here, and the fact that you could go to public school and take the train by yourself, and right. you know, I mean, I don't know any other existence. So for me to imagine like a suburban life, it's pretty strange. I mean, just to imagine like what? what oh, you had like a football team, you were right. a cheerleader. There were like <laughs> thousands and thousands and thousands of people in your graduating class. Like that to me is. Ugh. A
0: whole other world. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you have any culture shock? As a kid, I remember I like, went to New Hampshire for, like, summer camp. And that was, like, it was it was different. It was intense. Like, we're swimming twice a day? What?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I remember going to summer camp when summer I went, like, upstate New York. And uh, I just, I think it's just having, like, being, like, thinking that people actually live amongst, like, greenery and have a lawn and right. maybe have their own pool or whatever. I'm just, like those you know you could ride a bike to school that was pretty weird like what you park your bike in the <laughs> school yard what um yeah that that all seemed very Outrageous! I felt like only like Archie did that.
0: Yes. <laughs> so how is it that okay? So like again, we, we both grew up in the city. I'm sure we both were Woody Allen obsessed, stereotypical Jews in the city. Both of our, our dads were architects. Why do I have like a name that's like like a schmear on a bagel of lo- with locks, and you sound like Icelandic uh, like royalty? Because
1: my dad's Danish, and your father is what? Larry I, you know, Horowitz. I mean, there you go. <laughs> From Brooklyn. I mean, you know, actually, my grandfather was a schlamberg, but that was on my mom's. Side. Oh, that's that's a hell of a name. About, I love that. I don't that. know if Scarlett Schlamberg I could have gotten
0: as more.
1: Just, <laughs> In these I'd, days when
0: like Alden Ehrenreich and all these crazy names, back in the day.
1: I don't know. Scarlett Schlamberg, that's like, that's kind of,
0: that's Evans, hard. Evans, Hemsworth, Schlamberg. Hemsworth. Schlamberg.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I'd,
0: I'd watch it. I'm sure
1: Marvel would be like, so about your last name. Right. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if we, okay, if we talked, and we probably did talk like 10 years ago, um, was, the kind of transformation of your career, something that you kind of anticipated in terms of like how many of your roles, as you well know in the last uh, half a dozen years, have been very physical roles. You've like kind of reinvented as kind of like an action hero. You've got like two or three potential franchises going at this point. Was that something that was on a list? (laughs) Was that something you planned for? Is that something you ever saw? Yes,
1: it was part of my master master plan. plan. Yes, of course. Um, No, I, you know, the thing is, I, somebody asked me the other day, like who my favorite female superheroine was growing up. And, like, I struggled to think of one person. I was like, uh, Judy Garland? And, like, <laughs> Lucille Ball? I don't know. I sounded like, you know. Uh, you were born
0: in the 1920s. Yes, were... of course. Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I just didn't, like, it. I never imagined that it could be possible, I guess, uh, to uh, to make a career for myself in this genre. But I think, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been really curious about, you uh, The kind of, you know, reaching, uh, far reaching, this far reaching kind of emotional expanse and um, being able to play in this environment that was sort of limitless. And a lot of these characters are limitless in one way or another. So it just, it's worked for me creatively, um, you know, and now I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and now she's lying on the ground I'm in front of tired. me <laughs> getting yeah. into that potato sack <laughs> what um, does it do something for your self esteem to kind of like see yourself in these kind of like kick ass roles where like I mean you can you literally have that moment in this film that like is so it's as I was watching it I was thinking like I don't think I've ever seen like a woman have this like this moment where she's like pounding a guy into the ground and someone is, like, tearing her off of him. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. There were some more punches thrown in that sequence, but Rupert was like, it was too violent. Like, we had to. I guess I was having one of those kind of days. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it is empowering, I think, to see that the characters actually that, you know, I put all of this work into emotionally and physically um, translate and work on screen. And when you see that, uh, you know, the the director and the cinematographer take as much care with the character as you do. Like, that, that is what is really, yeah. you know, I don't know necessarily empowering is the right word, but it's certainly, like, appreciated. And, sure.
0: What yeah. was, uh, going back, can you pinpoint, like, what was the, the phone call of your life on a professional level? Like, was there one kind of, like offer um, moment that you can pinpoint or one or two that that really just jump out at you
1: um i remember i was living um i was living at the chateau marmont of all places and this was like a decade ago which is a very hollywood thing to say <laughs> um but i was like in between plate i was in that one of those transient moments in life and that's what my reality was and i i remember like getting this call That, you know, just so you know, uh, this is coming in, like, kind of hot. But, uh, you know, tonight or tomorrow, whatever it was, um, we're going to be... You know, Woody Allen is sending you the script that you have to sign for and, like, read in an hour or whatever. And then the person, you know, the minion that came and delivered it or whatever (laughs) will then, like, pick it back up from your sweaty palms. And, uh, you know, I was so... It was actually for Matchpoint, and at the time... Um, another actor had 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 taken on that role and then fell out for I don't know personal reasons or sure. whatever, and so you know I was the second fiddle. What I was I'll so happy it. to be, <laughs> um, and you uh, know and, and I remember when the when the script came, this beautiful hand type letter came with it, and it was from Woody, and it was said something like you know if you respond to the material, great. If not, like you know we'll we'll find something else to work on, and you know. Uh, like enjoy the read or whatever, and it was just like signed Woody with his handwriting, and I just thought, I think I this yeah. is it. Like I this is this is next
0: level. What was the what was the Woody Allen film of your of your youth that that rocked your world?
1: rocked my world? Um, I guess I would probably say, you know, it's funny because I, most people would probably say, oh, like Annie Hall or right. Manhattan or you know. I don't know, husbands and wives, which right. I loved or whatever. You're gonna it go was... comedy.
0: You're gonna go hard comedy. No, you like. know, you're actually,
1: not... um everything you wanted to know about sex That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, was... That's one of those, because the horses. I was yeah. Yeah. I mean like I when you're a kid and you watch that movie, like your mind is blown. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I like oh, what? <laughs> um and yeah, we we that was a popular one in my household. Thanks, Mom, who showed that to me probably right. at like way
0: too young. That's how you learned how the birds and the bees. <laughs> you know?
1: I mean who needed health class when you had Woody
0: <laughs> Right, then love and death, I think that's peak like far. Woman, yeah, right for
1: sure.
0: For sure. So um, I saw you on some uh, hoity-toity carpet recently, and we mm-hmm. joked about uh, Avengers and Widow, et cetera. And then, of course, like people like I think you were joking to me at the time about like texting with Joss about a Widow movie. And then, of course, <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh my God, Ooh, wait, text- wait, It's, wait, it's wait. gonna happen! Oh, it's gonna happen! <laughs> oh gosh, I
1: thought somebody like swiftly like gave, gave me the cane." But...
0: No, I didn't see the cane come out. <laughs> I did see a sniper or two. But um, did anything surprise you about this latest Avengers script when you finally got the chance to read it?
1: Um, well, the It's so, like, somebody said to me the other day, they're like, is black widow ready for guardians of the galaxy and i was like well the last time that like aliens descended upon new york and (laughs) yeah took us over and then that like giant flying dragon thing like they all like came like birthed out of it whatever was going on in that um i think my character was like all right uh, i've seen it all i'm good like so i don't even think like a talking tree will phase her at this point um but i you know certainly reading the script it's just like, the universe is expanded to a point where, like, it's just, like, it's sort of, um, yeah, it's, like, incomprehensible <laughs> at this point. I'm just, like, okay, when it's all good, this is all happening and, like, Just trust goes, in yeah. them at this
0: point. You're not, like, writing 50 questions. Like... You know
1: what I mean? Like, I used to kind of go into work and I'd have these long meetings with Kevin Feige and I'm, like, this doesn't inform the character in this way and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then now I'm just, like, I, I, you know what? I, I throw my hands right. up and surrender as long as it feels... True to me, then like Fair this enough. conversation with another character is fine. Even <laughs> they if they want to be a tree, tree. fine. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's all good. I'll
0: roll with it. It's okay. In all seriousness, I can't quite wrap my brain around the fact that the widow movie hasn't been announced <laughs> yet. I know it's stupid to say that, but like just knowing the popularity and the economics and all of it. Why? I mean, in your mind, are you disappointed? Is there, what's going on? Where, I mean, is, where's your head at right now?
1: I guess that? I just sort of always assumed that if this was meant to be, it would be. And, you know, I certainly when I was offered the Ghost in the Shell, you know, I wasn't never expecting that I would be offered something, you know, another franchise, like, in this genre. Not that it's, like... Not it's, it's pretty much
0: a one of a kind, but yes. Yeah, it's a one of taken, a kind, yeah. but
1: it's definitely like you know when you look at like the kind of overall grand scheme of things, you're like you don't have this kind of opportunity so often, you know. And I remember my agent saying to me at the time he's like, "You you realize that this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity, um, you know?" And and so it's it sort of in some ways satisfied, I guess that part of my life. I you know it was this movie was so difficult yeah. <laughs> in so many ways that like. Obviously, the Black Widow movie in my mind would be a very different kind of movie. It's a very like it's just like visceral in a different kind of way, and uh, you know, is uh, in some ways you know it's a different genre, obviously. But it's you know I I just uh, it it this Ghost in the Shell took a like it took a a piece of my soul oh my it and like uh i don't i don't i don't know
0: um, so maybe if i told you right before ghost in the shell you would have I'd been be like yeah let's do this I'm next day and home. now you're like let's let's hold let's yeah, hold now our like, roll slow the role. tired <laughs> If it happens, great. If not,
1: not the worst. Yeah, thing in the I, got world. Exactly. yeah I got this talking tree. Exactly. I got this talking tree. I got to converse with or whatever. Like, um,
0: yeah. I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm is, good. Is Lucy still out there too? Is that something that's potentially going to continue? I,
1: I don't know. I don't know that that's unless there was like some story. You know, unless it became like Terminator Two and it was <laughs> nice. like just an epic sequel that was like like, surpass the first in, you know, creative ways, then that'd be something that I'd be like, okay, I could but I could wrap my head around that. But right now I'm like, I'm in the ether. Like, yeah. you know, I'm happy in the ether. I'm <laughs> it's everywhere. It's a
0: good place to be. Yeah. Um, do you still lose out on roles that you... Yeah,
1: yeah, I do. I do lose out on roles. Sure, yeah, of course. It's Uh, it's a humbling and important experience.
0: (laughs) Especially for self-hating Jews like ourselves. We need it. (laughs) Is there any, uh, are you at all interested? I know in the last go-around for Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, you were in the mix there, and there's talk of, your name, of course, comes up when there's a new director, and they're kind of rebooting it. Would that intrigue you, or again... Mama needs rest. Yeah, mama
1: needs to <laughs> sleep. Um, no, I, I don't know. I actually found out about that because somebody mentioned it to me. It, like, never came through any professional. This new, um, this yeah, new this, thing, you mean? Yeah. This new thing. It never, never came through to. me. It actually still hasn't been mentioned to me by anybody that that <laughs> I work with. Um, but uh, I, you know, it's hard to imagine. That pro- a, such a huge appeal of that project was, you know, the the ability to collaborate to with Venture, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and just even our creative conversations in the in the very early stages, you know, just in that audition process was was really exciting. Um, you know, I can't, I I don't know. Okay, I don't fair know. enough.
0: You need to rest. You need to get in the potato sack. It's okay. <laughs> um,
1: that's the title of the podcast. <laughs> right. It's
0: whatever. usually Happy Scarlet. Sack Fuse, but now it's the potato sack. Yeah, Scarlet well, Scarlett Johansson. and
1: the potato sack.
0: <laughs> it's like a children's story. Oh, nice. Um, it's good to see you as always. Congratulations on the film. I really did enjoy it. It's super, uh, I mean, it sounds like bizarre to say, but I feel like it's one of those films that like, the, on the dorm room wall, they're gonna have the poster and they're gonna be debating till like two in the morning huh. the nature of man.
1: Oh and, gosh. And Hopefully they're they're gonna... they'll be baked too. So yeah, exactly. I always <laughs> say to anyway, my friends are coming to see the 3D uh, uh, premiere in a few days and I'm like, make sure you like eat some pot before exactly. you go. <laughs> there you go. I think that's how you're supposed to view it. There yeah. go. The, that's how you get the full Ghost in the Shell experience. Not in any
0: Pixar film. Uh, words of wisdom <laughs> from Scarlet. Uh, it's good to see us. So Thank nice.
2: you, you too. Thanks, yeah.
0: You're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused.
2: We'll be right back after this.
0: With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band.
1: Next up for lead guitar. You're in. (laughs)
0: Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. That was Scarlett Johansson, of course, appearing in Ghost in the Shell out in probably every Movie theater on the planet this Friday, you will not be able to avoid it. It's uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, ne- next up on the podcast is Colin O'Donoghue, who, as any Once Upon a Time fan yes. uh, knows, is of course Captain Hook, the I-
2: sexy Captain Hook. <laughs>
0: okay. okay. Um, and I know I know a lot of uh, Once fans uh, probably listen to this podcast. Um, as you may or may not know, full disclosure: my brother Adam Horowitz is one of the co-creators of Once Upon a Time. So I've gotten a chance to kind of know, get to know these guys a lot over the years at various. Functions, Comic-Cons, et cetera. Um, so whenever they're in town, which is not often because they're often shooting in Vancouver, really, for nine or ten months of the year, um, I do take it, the opportunity to catch up with them. So this was fun to have Colin in. Uh, he, uh, you know, is is... There are very few shows, and again, I have a unique vantage point, I think, because of my brother and because of talking to these guys as much as I have, uh, to see kind of the passion for the show. It's very, very unique, and uh, he talks about that as well as, um, you know, his path to getting on once um he's 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 another coming up in a, in an upcoming week we have Joe manganello talking about uh being um uh, almost being superman. Colin O'Donoghue was also almost oh. superman. Yeah, so we talk a little bit about that as well. Wow, uh and his new film uh Carrie Pilby, which is uh, a really cool new coming of age flick starring uh Belle powley who you might have seen in Diary of a Teenage Girl, very talented young actress. Um, so uh, definitely support Colin Support independent filmmaking and go check out uh, Carrie Pilby. It's out this Friday uh, and then on VOD soon thereafter. So without any further ado, signing off from Las Vegas. Yeah. Sammy and I are going to go uh, squander our respective fortunes yeah. on the, the blackjack tables.
2: If you don't hear from us yeah. next week, we hit the jackpot and quit. Or
0: we're in prison for some <laughs> yeah, god-awful offense. Dead. Yeah, yeah. We're dead. <laughs> Come find us. Please help us. Yeah. Uh, enjoy this conversation with Colin O'Donoghue. Oh, my God. We are so pleased to be welcomed by Liam Neeson on the podcast today. Hello, Liam.
3: Well, it's great to be
0: here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Liam will be on the podcast at some point. He'll get his time. Today is uh, Colin O'Donoghue's day. Uh, Thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for having me. You you are the, the second of the, the preeminent Once cast to join me. Oh, really? Who? Jennifer Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Morrison. She got here before me? She got here before you. Oh. You know, she spends a lot of time in New York, as, as you well, know. Well, she does, yeah. So she had that over you. Uh, but uh, I'm so I'm so thrilled that you managed to find the time to come by, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me again. Um, so a lot to talk about. Uh, you're spreading the good word on this uh, really sweet film, Carrie Pilby, which, yeah. which I got a chance to, to see. Uh, I think it debuted, what, in Toronto Film Festival? Like? It
3: debuted at Toronto, yeah. And then uh, we had the premiere, or premiere, as uh, people say over here, um, last night nice in New York.
0: So so first, give me a sense, um, what we should do, we should talk about the fact that you're getting a, a quick leave from the day job to come here. Quick leave,
3: literally a couple of days. So I flew in yesterday morning, uh, had the premiere last night, and then fly out pretty much straight away after we we finished talking. So.
0: so does it feel like, uh, does, does is it kind of like a nice mini, I mean, it's still work, uh, vacation's the wrong word, but is it nice to kind of escape from the set for a couple of days at a time or does it feel weird leaving your cohorts uh, carrying the heavy it's bags a, for a couple a, days? It's a
3: strange one because it is nice to uh, it is nice to get out for a little bit, but then it is kind of weird, especially because we're about to, or I think that we've just started shooting the finale episode, so it's like Towards the end of the season now, so it feels, it feels weird that I'm not here specifically to talk about once, even right. though I know that w- we will talk about it. But it's kind of, uh, it's a strange, it's a strange one,
0: you know. Now, do you have to run it by the the evil uh, brother Adam Horowitz? Because full disclosure, my mm-hmm. brother happens to be one of the. Those guys that help run that show a little bit. A little bit. Is he a good boss? Be honest. He is. Uh, you don't have to. See, you, you can you look. Suddenly he's, he's not looking at me. By the way, he the turned his head away from away. me. <laughs> <laughs> the lash comes out. Let me let me tell you about Adam Horowitz. Yeah, you probably know him better than me by now. He's uh, no.
3: We're very lucky. They're wonderful bosses. So um, <laughs> I have to say that because they've let me off for a couple of days to come here to do this.
0: So did um and you. Well, we'll talk, I guess, about the, the 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 season of once in a second. I do want to get a sense of like finding the time to do a film like this because it's challenging when you're on a network show that does what twenty two or whatever mm-hmm. episodes you do a year. It's a full time job. It takes up what nine or ten months a year, probably yeah, just shooting it takes nine months. Yeah. So, what? Where's your head at in terms of like when you come towards the end of a season? Are you eyeing another job or do you just want to rest? Generally speaking, what's your attitude about sort of that?
3: It's it's a funny one for for me. I've been lucky that. You know, since I started on Once, I've kind of done something in between every time. When you play a character for as long as you do, you know, when you're doing a network TV show, it's always nice to get to play somebody else. You know, and as actors, that's kind of uh, what what we do. Is yeah, the point of, of it is the it point is, of it is to create different characters, yeah. whatever. And no, I've been very lucky on Once that Hook is sort of I've I've been able to play everything with Hook. Sure. You know what I mean? So. Um, I've been blessed in that way but it's, it's nice to do that but then I mean nine months is a long it's a long it's a long <laughs> time and uh, um, it's kind of it's important to be able to take a rest too uh, so I think it's it's, it's complicated because yeah. you want to do something
0: but you want to take a couple of weeks off totally so so and so how does this one come about? Is this, is this the kind of thing that happens quickly or is this something that, like, they, they've been developing for a while and then just the schedules line up and it just works out?
3: Well, Carrie probably originally, when I signed on uh, to do it, so that was two years ago, I, I sort of signed on to do it. And um, the schedule changed. It was supposed to shoot during a hiatus, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, during the, the summer. And the schedule changed Um to around you know winter christmas time and uh, luckily my very kind bosses uh, and the people at abc were very kind to let me off for for a week to do it uh, in early january right um, and shot it here correct? We shot it here in new york yeah uh, now they shot from thanksgiving i think just to maybe the second week in january gotcha. was the whole was the whole time frame for the movie but uh, I was here for a week. And, and so
0: is this, uh, did it come about through any kind of, like, did you know the, the writer or director or, or Bell or anybody no. in or just kind of a random thing that it came across the trance? It was sort of a random
3: thing that um, I think the, the casting directors uh, uh, had sent it to my managers and, you know, they were interested in, in having me to play this character. And I read the script. I thought the script was really just lovely. I spoke to Susan then on Skype. Uh, you know, I sent a, a taping for it and um, spoke to Susan, then the director on, on Skype, and and we clicked. And uh, I really just wanted to play a completely different character than Captain Hook, and the, my character in this is a, a sleaze bag. Yeah, you know, he's just <laughs> not a, There's no redeeming factors uh, for him at all, and that was kind of kind of a nice thing to to play. That's a weird thing to say, but <laughs> well, it was. Again, it's
0: about diversity and yeah. stretching yourself, and uh, you know. Nine yeah. months of Hook, you want to be a legit yeah asshole for a change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even <laughs> if people think that Hook is, but he's this this guy is a particular. Yeah, it's hard to argue her. that one. Yeah, the, yeah, his actions are pretty clearly not um, not right. No. Um, so give me a sense also. I mean, this for, for those that haven't seen uh, Belle Powley, she was so wonderful and uh, was a Diary of a Teenage Girl mm-hmm. a couple years back. She's clearly so talented. Um, was she, so she was attached when you came on, and give me a sense of just working with her. This is somebody that I, I've had my ever since I saw her in that film. Like she's just one to watch. You just have to see her and everything. Now,
3: she, when I first got the script, she wasn't attached. It was mm. somebody else, um, and uh, just in the way that independent movies work, sure. the, things sort of change. And then uh, I think that they, you know, they they were very lucky to to get Bell to to do it, and uh, I think she's wonderful in the
0: movie. Yeah. So. Is it striking to you that what well, we've got a female director, female writer, female lead? Uh, sadly, that is striking, I think, too to yeah. at this point in, yeah. in 2017. Uh, but is that something that's, you know, did, did that you know, change the process? Did it feel different sort of having that much kind of estrogen involved for I a change?
3: I didn't think about, you know, you know, the female thing. I didn't think about it so much at the time. Uh, I just, the way I look at it is, for me, I, I, I still, I can't believe and understand how even we have to ask that question. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? Because for me, it should be a case of the work should speak for itself. It doesn't matter the sex of the person who's directed it, who's written it, who's produced it, who who's starring in it. It's about the actual film and how a movie makes you feel. or how yep. And that's what it should be. And unfortunately, that is something that we have to talk about, is the fact that it is directed by a, a woman you know it is written by a woman and uh, uh i guess in this day and age you know th- that is something that we have to sort of try and and figure out because it doesn't make any sense that that's still uh, applicable that that's still something that we have to consider yeah. or in any way for me when i approached the job and uh, i just approached it the same way i approached any job sure i didn't you know I have to. I have to go learn my character, figure out what way I want that character to be, work with the director on how she or he wants it to be, and then just do my job. And um, so that never, it never crossed my mind. But I know for, for Susan, you know, we just did an interview there, and, and she was saying, you know, for her at times it was difficult with with people who sort of didn't like being told what to do by by a woman. Not not necessarily cast wise, but even crew and stuff. And it's crazy.
0: That's crazy <laughs> to me. You yeah. know what I mean? That's insane. Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, is it the dream of every uh, Irishman to be uh, punched in the face by Gabriel Byrne at some point? I mean, who doesn't want to be punched in the face by Gabriel Byrne? <laughs> you don't have to be Irish. Uh, this is fair. <laughs> uh, my dream at the minute
3: is to not be punched by somebody in anything, because it seems to be that everything I do, I get hit. This is, so this, uh,
0: is true. this is your thing. It's your signature move. That's it. Um, You've got a punchable face. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you it's too perfect. Here's my spin on it. Oh my God. They want to just knock it around. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for me it was
3: like to get to work with Gabriel Byrne was, uh, you know, one of those dreams come true because, yeah. you know, obviously as an Irish uh, actor and sort of growing up in Ireland, I mean, who doesn't know who Gabriel Byrne is anyway, but he's just an amazing uh, actor and person and it was just great to, to spend any time with him at all, you know?
0: Yeah. What, so th- th- this film uh, uh, kind of catches Carrie. I think she's nineteen for for most of it. Mm-hmm. What would what would a film about you at nineteen look like? Are we talking tragedy, comedy, uh, rom com? What's the story I was of college at nineteen? Uh,
3: when I was nineteen, I was sort of very focused on wanting to be uh, an actor. I went to drama college, and uh, I sort of um, that was sort of my main thing. Was I, was I was really focused on that, and then I played a lot of guitar and drew a lot. So that was kind of.
0: A lot of these things probably remain the same. Uh,
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much, exactly the (laughs) same. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess I was kind of driven to to want to succeed as an actor, not necessarily to be not to be famous or to be rich or anything, but to just to to actually be able to do the job or
0: to To have someone allow you to do it, so you could actually make this work as a living.
3: You know, because um, it's funny. You know, even coming like today, and obviously, like we've met quite a number of times and stuff like that but nobody prepares you for interviews or how, how you're supposed to come across yeah and part of the reason that I became an actor is so I didn't have to be <laughs> me um and then then you have to come and do interviews and talk about how you felt and your process and stuff like that and sometimes it's just a, a natural yeah thing you know you don't you don't think about it and you just sort of react to to, to what the other person is doing.
0: And, Did uh, anybody ever give you any good advice on that side of things? thing? Because I've talked about this to death with people too. It's fascinating because, yeah, I think people, uh, tons of very talented actors just aren't, wow, they're not a great talk show guest. That's yeah. not a slight against them. It's, yeah. it's a different skill set. It it is, you're kind of playing a different role. Yeah,
3: I mean, for me, what I what I started to do was, you know, it was really, the big one for me was the first Comic-Con I went to with, with once. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd done some publicity for for the movie. I did the right and sure. stuff like that, but it, it was never quite like when I went to Comic Con. And it's relentless when you're there. Just you, it's interview after interview yeah, after. Yeah, you don't interview. know where you are half the time. Know. You're just being
0: shuffled from room to
3: room. It's crazy. Yeah, and you're answering the same question constantly. And so what what I started to do was you nearly become a caricature of yourself. You, right. you sort of have to. I'm 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 nearly playing the part of me, <laughs> just so I can be present and, and engaged because yeah. sometimes you're just like oh my god i i don't know what i'm saying i don't i, I can't think what i'm answering at yeah. the minute you know and uh um yeah so it's sort of weird you, nothing really prepares you for it but there are some people who are just naturally gifted at it who you know they're the people who walk into a room and everybody sort of
0: is there any, anybody in the once cast that you envy that ability that they just they they actually revel in it they enjoy kind of like
3: I think there are people definitely people who are really really good at it. Yeah. You know, I think Jan is really good at it. I think Ginny, uh Josh, Lana, uh, I think most of them are, you know what I mean, but I'm sure that they all have their own quirks. Yeah. Too, and a lot you know? of
0: the a lot of those that you mentioned actually have even been working since they were like literally kids and doing I mean you've yeah. been working since you were a kid, but they've been doing like, you know, yeah, yeah, films yeah. and TVs yeah, where they, it's yeah. necessity. They've thrust through repetition. They've also gotten used to it a, yeah. a bit.
3: Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I guess that's that's a thing. Um but which is good for me because when we're there as a cast, I just sort you of sit in the background and <laughs> <laughs> let, them, let them answer everything. You'll have the wittiest
0: side, just to, yeah, you know. yeah. So when, um, so where did that focus come from? You think early on in terms of, uh, I mean, having that kind of wherewithal and 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 willingness to put yourself out there and not being, you know, in it to be, you know, on the cover of you know people magazine yeah. but really just loving acting and, and wanting to make that your focus was there something in your family or was it just an external kind of yeah well of I, I i sort
3: of joined youth theater when i was 15 uh, 16 and i had no intention of doing it or i just had friends and i sort of fell into it but i i, I realized very quickly that it gave me the opportunity to to be somebody else to be somebody more because i was a very quiet mm-hmm. teenager and stuff like that and to be somebody more engaging to, you know, and to be able to experience that without having to necessarily change who I am as a person. Right. And that was sort of really what, what drew me to it. And I just love the, I love the idea of losing. I I love the idea of affecting people and losing yourself uh, to a role where, to the point where it can make somebody cry or it can make somebody laugh, you know what I mean?
0: And I think that it's like that's almost like a supernatural power it's it's just crazy that you can yeah. literally just through words and action, yeah I and think being so. you just know, affect that kind of emotion it's just
3: that, yeah for me it was just a big a big thing to be able to to do to, to do that and and I had so much stuff inside me that i I needed to get out like and I used to draw and play guitar, like I said, and, yeah. and they were they were outlets as well, and for me it was acting was sort of the thing that you know if if I wanted to scream, yep. If I needed, this is your to outlet scream, to do it. That was the outlet to do it. Yeah, that yeah. was my way to get it out there. You well,
0: know? What were? Uh, do you remember the first films that really sucked you in as a kid?
3: Uh, yes, yeah. I think one of the first ones for me was Twelve Angry Men. Great movie. Uh, Still holds up. Just brilliant. Yeah, it's it's probably my favorite favorite movie of all time. Henry I just Fonda, think. the whole
0: cast. Yeah, I mean, look, just...
3: the, and that right there is, is is a movie that is exactly what I'm talking about. It's a movie set in one room. Yeah. You know, and it's just guys talking around a table in one room. Yep. And it, I think it, maybe there's a, a, I think there might be a shot outside at one point and that's it. Right. And then, you know, essentially it's a, well, it was a play, but essentially it's a play that's just been filmed. Yeah. And this world just comes alive listening to these guys talk. And that's, for me, that's, that's really what, uh, what acting is about and what storytelling is about.
0: Did you ever see the, uh, the Amy Schumer parody of 12 Angry Men a couple years back? No. Oh, you have to look this is up. Is it good? Trust me. It's, yeah, I don't want to ruin it for you, but she, it was on her show Inside Amy Schumer. It's a very faithful kind of like spin yeah. on that exact concept and yeah. worth checking out. Um, were you into uh, my, my recon? Tells me that you might be a Star Wars fan. I was a massive Star Wars fan. Yeah. yeah. So what, um, not that like this is, I mean, what was the hook in? What was the first Star Wars film you saw? What was the character that resonated with you? Give me a sense of your bona fides on, on Star Wars.
3: The first Star Wars film I remember seeing, I think it was uh, A New Hope, and that was, uh, no, it was, it came out before I was born, but um, uh, I remember seeing it, it was one of those ones that was on at Christmas all the time, yeah. back home. So that's the first thing I sort of remember seeing, and uh I think I get it. Look, Han Solo was, for me, was the one that really, yeah. really clicked. And uh, in in some respects, I tried to uh, Eddie and Adam sort of call Hook the Han Solo of of Once Upon a Time.
0: So that was kind right. of. It was nice to get to have that sort of roguish, a little of the swagger, a little swagger, of roguishness. Yeah. yeah, totally. We're all emulating Harrison Ford in some way. We all. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> right. Pretty much. <laughs> He's like the ideal man for any yeah. kid growing up in. Late seventies, eighties, etc.
3: I used to collect everything. I used to have the games on the Super Nintendo. I used to, you really? know what I mean? It was like, and then whenever a Star Wars T-shirt would come out, I'd have to have one. <laughs> and then it just started to. There was just so much Star Wars stuff coming. Like Gets it's, a little, yeah. yeah. How's,
0: how's the family with your Star Wars collection? Have has uh, it's pro- okay?
3: I've calmed that down a little bit. <laughs> I've got a few of the remote control. Uh, uh, sort of got it. Things, but they're in they're in my trailer at work.
0: The, so. the life size Wookiee is in your trailer. It's not in your home.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't walk around dressed as a storm stormtrooper in the house. But
0: right, uh, <laughs> I, as,
3: my son would love it if I did. Yeah, how is your son? He's three and a half.
0: Oh, so are you itching to kind of expose him to Star yeah, Wars? Yeah, well,
3: bit? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've started to. Uh, he keeps he's seen the um, the cartoon, right? And uh, so he's he's he wants to. Actually, last week I was sort of saying, you know, do you want to watch Star Wars with Daddy?
0: <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah." So we we'll watch. We we'll watch it soon. What do you think you'll start with? You start with New Hope. Do you go prequels? Yeah, Hope. you don't do prequels, yeah. right? No. How do you feel about the prequels?
3: Well, when they came out, I, you know, I was a teenager, and yeah. it was such a big event that there were new Star Wars movies coming out. Uh, I think, you know, I think maybe they they went a little bit. Too too overboard with the CGI and stuff. That's that. the problem. But that was, yeah. but it was also CGI was such a new phenomenon yeah. then, and and you could do things that you never could before. But part of the charm of the original movies, and I think what they've done really well with yes. the, the the two new ones is that they've integrated sort of that sort of live action and CGI. Totally. That's what I always loved about Star Wars was the animatronics. Absolutely,
0: you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you uh, gotten yourself a Star Wars audition yet? I mean, they make one a year, man. Come on, you got to get in on this. No, no, no. Well, I'm,
3: I'm flat out working on your brother's show, so <laughs> well, eventually we'll, <laughs> we'll yeah. find your way in. They're yeah. going to be making these for a while. I did say, I did say to, I said to the guys, I said, can you not get me in to be a Jedi in something? And they were like, uh, nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> your time is coming. Don't worry. Yeah. You're listening to Happy Sad Confused. We'll be right back after this. So what was the I mean the, what was the first kind of you know when you look back at your career was there a quote-unquote big break something that kind of like made you feel like you can you are going to be able to make a living of this? I think, uh, I think
3: yes, uh, it was the right. It was
0: the right with uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah.
3: I mean, because I hadn't crossed over to this side of the world at that stage. Yeah. And I'd done an episode of The Tudors uh, and um, a very close friend now got in touch with me who I didn't know at the time and uh, asked if I had representation in the States and all the stuff off off the back of that. But you never know if that's going to work out. Sure. Um, so I sort of took a leap of faith and came over, and and uh, six months later I was sitting, li- literally sitting right beside Anthony Hopkins uh, on the set of of a movie in Rome,
0: and. So what are I mean there must be some stuff you take away from an experience like that. So this is like a big studio movie. It's you it, you're the lead yeah. with Anthony Hopkins and you know for good or for bad it you know it doesn't hit in, a, in the box office way that they yeah. probably hoped and wanted it to. So you probably ride that roller coaster. It was a
3: straight for me it was a, it was a it was a weird one because the mo, you know the movie did so well and we opened like we opened number 1 in the box office uh, here we opened all over the world. Uh, number one in in most countries, yeah. and I was kind of like, oh, okay, well maybe uh, maybe this is it now. Yeah. And
0: send me all of Harrison Ford's roles. I'm ready. Yeah.
3: And then <laughs> you know, but I, I think I don't know what I don't know what that is. I mean, th- my character in the right was a very very specific type of character that, and we we him to be sort of an outsider and slightly back from you know engaging that much because he's a skeptic right and so you know nobody knew who i was i was complete unknown in this in this movie and uh i think i think maybe what happened was that people thought that that was actually you me as opposed to the character the, the, but the uh, but that was the that was the big break you know i learned so much on that uh, i'm so proud of that movie you know I, I think it's a really 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 good movie and,
0: and what about working with someone like like like, Anthony, who is not only just one of the finest actors, obviously, like, on the planet and has been for several decades now, but is very – I mean, from what I gather, pretty practical about acting. He's not – like, he doesn't have, like, airs about it. It's sort of just, like, say the lines, don't yeah. be too precious about it. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. What do you learn about sort of seeing the way he works, which I feel like some some ways he worked might surprise people?
3: Yeah, uh, well, I, he – I was very fortunate that he, he sort of took me under his wing uh, – Doing that movie and you know sort of brought me through his whole process. There was one day he brought me into his trailer and literally opened up his script and went through his entire process. And just as I was, I was stepping down to go to the to get dressed for the just after lunch, and just he was at the top of the thing and he said, uh, "Lawrence Olivier did that for me." And closed the door. Wow. <laughs> closed the door. I was like, uh "Okay," Uh and I didn't know what to do. I literally stood there for, I would say, five minutes, not knowing what what right. what to do.
0: And um, he's told you the secrets of the acting universe yeah, that have been passed on by Lawrence. And
3: it's just a, that Anthony Hopkins is a genius. Yeah, and but works incredibly hard. You know, to, yeah. to 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 do that, and I think a lot of times people don't realize just how. How much work um, a lot of these guys who they think it's effortless to really put into to doing that? Like he really put in a hundred percent to creating a character, and I think that what he when we worked together, he saw that I was because I was in every scene of yeah. that movie. I I went to real exorcisms. I had, I had to do boxing training every day. I had to, you know what I mean. So it was like a, it was a lot of work. Sure, and um, I think that he appreciated that.
0: You were going you for know, it. You had to, you yeah. Know. That
3: I wasn't just there going, "Oh, great! I've got. I'm doing a movie. This is great. Uh, you know, I'm going to be famous." Yeah. Which, you know, didn't didn't happen. But, um, yeah. So it was it was a fantastic opportunity to learn from, truly, somebody who I think changed the the face of of modern acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that he really he he's one of those guys who really just sort of changed the way that we as actors approach things nowadays.
0: And a great impressionist to boot. He can do. Yeah. He can do like everyone. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and we'd fun. The thing is that we'd we'd great fun on, yeah. on that end, especially because it's such a heavy subject matter that it yeah. was kind of it was important to to have a laugh.
0: So, uh, what's what's the truth behind? I, I literally just had Joe Manganiello in here, who was one of the finalists for Man mm-hmm. of Steel for playing Superman. Is oh, it true yeah. you were also on that short list? You met with Zach and and company for that. Uh, I was on the shortlist, apparently. Yes. <laughs> So. Is, is that is that is that a, a fond memory or a sad memory to kind of be in in the mix for something like that?
3: It's weird. There's a couple of things which I'm not going to talk about that I've been very, <laughs> very 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 close to to doing, uh, and it's sometimes it's it's hard when you sort of go. Oh, I really think I could have brought something. Yeah. To that, I mean, w- with Superman, I, I could like. I mean, I'm five foot ten, and I mean, Henry Cavill is just a perfect Superman. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like. I'm up against somebody like Joe Magnanello and he's like <laughs> the perfect Superman and I'm a weedy Irish, pale <laughs> You're Irish. You're not going to fight so. to the
0: death over the role. There are different ways, different ways this is going um, kinda... to count.
3: I mean, that that was one of those ones where you kind of go, I would love to play Superman, yeah. you know, or I would love to do whatever. Right. Uh, and it's just, that's the nature of the business. Sometimes you get super close to things and sometimes yeah. you know. But then, you know, if I had done that, or if if I'd gotten that, or if right. I'd gotten some of the other things, which I'm not going to talk about, uh, <laughs> then I wouldn't have done Once Upon a Time, Yeah, and it would have been a whole different career path, and, you know, I absolutely love Captain Hook, and I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think that there's a, a character that would have been more perfect for me to play at that time, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like one of those things that just
0: sort of really, everything was aligned what was uh what was the process like of getting Hook? And was it did you have that kind of acknowledgement from the start? Like, you know, it, it, this feels right. This feels like a good fit for me at the stage.
3: Yeah, I mean, I when I got sent the script, uh, I had done a pilot the same year that Once Upon a Time was a pilot, and I did one for ABC uh, with Angela Angela Bassett. Um, called identity, and it was about identity theft, and it was a fantastic pilot, and and I think it would have made a fantastic series, but mm. we didn't get picked up. And then so, I was out of work then for six, eight months, and uh, I got sent the script for Once Upon a Time, and I was like, Why am I auditioning for Captain Hook? I'm not a, f- I'm not like a fifty-eight year old. <laughs> man who's you know and I and I was full sure I was like there's no way that this is gonna work uh, so I read it and I was like how can I put my spin on it of this character because obviously Eddie and Adam had a very specific idea as to how they wanted him to be and yep. where in the lexicon of the story they wanted him to fit mm-hmm. which I didn't I wasn't privy to at the time right uh and so I just wanted him to be an incredibly engaging character which I'm not personally but I wanted it to be and I, that's not being self-deprecating but you know what I mean it was mm-hmm. like I wanted him to be somebody who all the who guys wanted to go hang out with yep. and who the who girls just really wanted to be with because sure. you know he's a pirate first off and I also wanted him to be very different than you know pirates of the caribbean sort of yes thing which I think hopefully we we've we've managed to do. Um but I had a very specific idea and luckily it was right on the same wavelength as as yeah. Eddie and Adam and, and it was just one of those things where I met I met the guys then after I after I did my audition and
0: uh it just sort of clicked. Did the I mean you kind of alluded to this a little bit when we were talking about your first Comic Con. Um and you know, and, and I'm very much aware of it thanks to Adam and just covering it and just being around it. Um the fandom around the show is very unique. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, by any standard. Yeah, um, yeah. Is that something that you were prepared for by your fellow castmates? And does anything kind of prepare you for that? Nothing
3: prepares you for it. You know what I mean? I mean, people sort of kind of said, look, Twitter, because I'd only just started Twitter. They were like, look, it's probably going to be a little bit. Hectic on Twitter and stuff.
0: It's it a little intense out there. Uh yeah.
3: <laughs> but at that stage, and at that stage everything was sort of new because they'd only just finished the first season. Right. It was a massive, massive juggernaut of a hit, you know, after the first season. And then uh so I wasn't I wasn't really prepared for, for, for what was gonna happen. And you know, we're blessed to have the fans that we have, people who are so loyal to the show. Um and it's great to be a part of a show that that's like that you know it's uh i guess you know in some ways it's it's a great validation for the work that that you put out there because sometimes you just don't you know sometimes you just don't know you go through the motions up yeah. in Vancouver you know i'm going learning my lines working on an episode and you forget that in actual fact there are millions Nones. of people out there who who really watch this show and, and love it.
0: Had you ever heard of shipping before you
3: got into this? I had never heard of shipping uh, <laughs> up until up until I joined Twitter and joined this show. That's so. part of your daily lexicon. Now it's part of my uh, daily, daily, daily le lepre- uh, yeah, whatever.
0: So is um is working with? Uh, I almost said leprechaun there. Leprechaun. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you do have the most Irish of names possible. It's like it's a drinking game. You have to say leprechaun at least once during the podcast well, with Colin O'Donoghue. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so let's talk about this season, which you're about to wrap up. Yep. Um, so you shot a musical episode, which many people have been kind of like wanting for a long time. Yeah. Um, were you one of those that was kind of advocating for it? Were you like, eh, if it happens, it happens. Obviously, you have such an interest in music anyway. This yeah. is, seems natural for you. Yeah,
3: I was delighted. I was delighted when, when, uh, when they said that we were going to do it. And the way that they've integrated it into the um, – the, the mythology of the show is, is fantastic, you know, it's sort of, what, what's really great about this is that it's not just a standalone episode, right. you it know, it's not like a one-off the, the story further. Episode. yeah, episode, yeah. it, it actually furthers the story, so um, that was great, and the music is phenomenal, you know, the guys have done a fantastic job with that, and uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really good fun, um, so unfortunately I broke my foot uh, doing so it. what but, happened?
0: You know, you uh, use your voice, not your your uh, know, legs, to sing, I know. man.
3: I fell, I fell over a chair. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
0: So, is there a moment we should look out for in your in your number where, like, if they keep it if they keep
3: it in, yeah, because I did I did it perfectly, quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> so it was sort of that sort of Gene Kelly move where I run up a chair and it got it. Tips over and did
0: and, you know immediately that is it? What did you say? It's broken, sprain? What? what, what it's a different?
3: fracture on my yeah, on my fifth metatarsal. So, so you felt it? I felt it for <laughs> definitely. I still did it four more times, and then what? did eight hours more of the dance. So, uh, yeah. Well, I kind of it's one of those ones where I thought if I get through the if I get through the right. this, then it might actually be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I left it for another five days before I went and got an X ray, and then oh, they God. said no, it's broken. You have to wear boots. So. um yeah, but I didn't have it last night because I, I, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to do the red carpet sure. w- with a boot on. Yeah. And then, so people have been tweeting today from the other interview I did. They were like, what What happened last night? <laughs> what happened? And, and, Crazy after party. Just so people know, it didn't happen. Nope last night i was in bed at a really
0: decent hour and <laughs> it was for the sake of his art yeah it's <laughs> all great injuries are yeah um and what kind of what kind of a song do you got can you say much about sort of does it reflect your own musical interests your mm. own style
3: so yes so well it's a sort of very piratey song
0: <laughs> i mean so, why not
3: um and it's uh, i don't know how much i can say about it okay. uh, i i think I mean, I can say that. I mean, I'm sure everybody expects it to be a pirate song. I sing on, I sing on two songs, so um, it's kind of a pirate chanty, and I think people will, uh, will really enjoy it. Yeah. You
0: know? So is uh, and you have one more episode. You said they're they've just started. So yeah, we just the, started the finale episode. Gotcha. And I, I honestly don't even know. I haven't even talked to Adam, but these reports lately about sort of like potentially like rebooting in some way. Like, do you even know what's up? What's going on uh, going forward?
3: <laughs> um, oh, you know more than me,
0: clearly. <laughs> Uh,
3: I might know some okay. things, but it's still at the minute we're still just wait, waiting to finish off the season. Finish this and, one and, and then see what and see what happens. Okay. I mean, you should be able to get more information. I know, I just haven't, <laughs> I haven't put in the phone call. But, I wanted uh, to be surprised by you. But I think it's it's. Look, we. Once upon a time is 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 a very I think special show and holds a very special place as. One of the only shows out there that's just purely about hope and not and un, un, unapologetically so. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think that that's something that's uh, especially with the political climate the way it is at the minute and stuff. I think it's a very important thing to have. Yeah. Um And we've got an amazing fan fan base and stuff like that. So we, I would l- love for the show to. to There's
0: continue. more hook for you. Hopefully, so, you'd like to do some more. You're, you're you're willing and game.
3: Listen, I love I love hook. You know what I mean. He's. Uh, he's part of who i am now so yeah
0: so it, when you and like uh, if you and jennifer are like out in public at an event or something like doing like a comic-con or something mm-hmm. what is the like especially when you two are together uh, considering those characters is the reaction just like multiplied a little bit in terms of just sort of the response you get the love you get the passion you get
3: i i, I think so you know i think it's uh it's an interesting one um because you know obviously I'm married uh in real life and I've been with my my wife now for 18 years and uh she's the love of my life so when for me it gets complicated when when the, those lines get blurred for right. the fans that's right. when when it's sort of you have to st- you have to step back and kind of go no 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 we're <laughs> it's this is a TV show and it's flattering I mean? and that we're, you're taking this as real yeah. and
0: real-ish, but
3: but it's uh I can understand why it would Get amplified and stuff like that when when yeah. we are doing uh, interviews and stuff together yeah. because that's that's part of of well it's a big part of the show now so totally. um, but Jen and I are lucky we get on great and so um, it's it's fun but uh, yeah like at Comic Con or whenever we do events that the two of us are there
0: it tends yeah. to get a it, lot it's it a, get lot. A, it get a lot it gets <laughs> a lot a hec- a lot more hectic you know yeah totally well everything at Comic Con it's like everyone's It's like on steroids, everyone's like on edge, it's insane. But like I
3: absolutely love, because I was delighted because I'd never been to Comic-Con before and as being like a a Star Wars nerd and stuff like that. I'm sure, for you, yeah. uh, Because I lived in Ireland, I was like, oh my God, I'd love to go to (laughs) Comic-Con. I wonder what it's like. And obviously we see such a a different side of it. Like you don't get to go on the floor, uh, you don't get to see things, you don't get to buy all the special one-off things that they have. Yeah, um, the exclusives the exclusives I remember the first interview that I had with with you a com- my first Comic Con they yeah. had like this Batman 70s or 60s oh so it was Batman, the Adam West the, one yeah the, yeah, the yeah, dance, the dance. Yeah. and I was good at I really wanted the, I was like I would love to have that <laughs>
0: we'll find one for you okay yeah. Colin it's not too late
3: yes please <laughs> please that's don't... my way of saying I want one yeah exactly he's, <laughs> he's crying now he's desperate
0: <laughs> people go see Carrie Pilby get him a Batman special edition from Comic Con a yeah. few years back uh, and support once um, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to see you at Comic Con it's a nice like annual tradition but it's, it's been special to kind of welcome you to the the home office here yes thanks for having me uh, anytime man you're welcome anytime and uh, good luck finishing the season we'll see you as a Jedi one of these days fingers crossed there you go and uh, good luck luck healing your your leg don't don't spill over any other chairs i know i'm gonna
3: take it very easy now (laughs) i'm about to get in a flight so i'll be able to put it up fair enough uh thanks again man thank you so much
2: and so ends another edition of happy sad
0: confused remember to review rate and subscribe to this show on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts i'm a big podcast person i'm daisy ridley and i definitely wasn't pressured to do this by josh
1: This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Mufta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts.